revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. I am in studio by myself today. Unfortunately, Xander had to uh, leave me be. He's in St. Louis, actually driving back to the great state of Illinois. Um, Xander, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm in the car. for. Uh, I believe this is going to be the first the first multi-state trip in show that we're going to do, so I'm excited about that. Don't don't have all my facts and numbers in front of me, so this is all off the top of my head. Probably pretty much the same as my normal bullshit. But, but you know what's really impressive about that? The thing is that when you do it off the top of your head or in rap, they would say off the dome, it's just you're more legitimate, you know? I mean, in rap, one of the coolest things you can do is freestyle and make it all up instead of having it written down in front of your face. I'm not calling out any rappers on this show right now, but there are some whack people who uh, write down their freestyles. But let's get back to sports real quick. It's been a tough – let me just tell you, Xander, it's been a, it's been a tough two weeks. I'm uh, Sports exile was in question for me. I was thinking of retiring from the show retiring from sports in general, and finding a new hobby. Maybe bird watching, like pebble skipping. I don't know if you guys ever do that on the pond. I don't know if you've ever tried that, Xander. But All right, so you're, you're going to cry about the Packers. I'm going to know that. There's, there's multiple things I'm going to cry about. And I, I, have, I have the show to do this, and Aaron Rodgers' broken collarbone is definitely at the top of the list with a terribly, terribly awful hit. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. It wasn't a head-to-head, and that's fine. And he shouldn't be fined or suspended. There should have been penalized, and maybe a little bit of a fine. You don't put your entire body weight on a guy who has already released the ball and drive him into the ground. I think it was a dirty hit, and I know a lot of people disagree with me, but it was absolutely dirty. He rolled up on him, and he broke his collarbone. Luckily, the surgery went well, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, he's going to be okay, probably out for the season. And then Xander would. Is a little sadder for the both of us. I would hope you'd be a little sad. Is the Cubs just I, getting absolutely dismantled last night and ending their postseason run and their World Series chances? Yeah, I mean the Cubs this series, they just didn't they didn't play well. They didn't pitch well. They didn't hit with runners in scoring position. I think I think it was they were over. I think it was over fourteen or over fifteen. I mean that's just. Uh, it's a sad statistic that, you know, a team in the NLCS cannot get one hit when it matters the most. And, I mean, the whole series, it was not very close. They just didn't get the job done, and 
They weren't in the series. That's why they lost four to one. Clayton Kershaw, you know, pitched a great game five, and this game it was a shit show. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to Kike Hernandez for three home runs in a game. Any game is amazing, but especially in a clinching game, the NLCS. But you know, the, the Cubs. I, I think they're going to be okay in the long run, but this this was not the kind of series you wanted to see out of them. Um, it, it was just it was lackluster. Didn't see a lot of fight. It was but, it know was what? lackey luster. At the same time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bullpen. I was really, I was really disappointed with Carl Edwards the entire playoffs. I thought this would be a time maybe for him to step up. I know he's a young guy, and I have a lot of faith, a lot of faith in him going forward. But almost every time I turned on the TV, he he was doing something to screw up the guy. I mean, first time was Bryce Harper that home run in the NLDS, and the next time I turned it on, you know, I was walking you Darvish with the bases loaded. It was a rough postseason for him in particular, but I mean this. This whole team didn't really come to play in the NLCS. They really got nobody to blame for this but themselves. Yeah, and I was obviously doing a lot of reading on what what's next for the Cubs, and I can joke about it nonstop that I do want Bryce Harper to come and join this team, but that's really the reality. And it doesn't have to be Bryce Harper per se, but their hitting was atrocious this entire series. And I mean... At the least important time of the entire series, Chris Bryant hits a solo home run. I mean, where was Chris Bryant this postseason? Where was Anthony Rizzo where, this postseason? Yeah, Bryant and Rizzo in the NLCS in particular were just, they were non-existent. But I mean, at the end of the day, I can't put it all on them either because that's what you, that's no, where the focus goes. I'm not putting it all goes. on them, but it's just, you need some guys to step up and just no, nobody did when it mattered. And they got, they got spanked by the Dodgers. And I, you know what? After all, I ragged on the Dodgers that they, you know, they would fold under pressure. They wouldn't get it done. Here they are. They're for, they're the first team in the barn in the World Series. So, you know, anything can happen in the postseason, especially when you get as hot and you have as good of a team as LA does. Yeah, it's the first time since 1988 the Dodgers will be in the World Series. We obviously record our show on Friday, so we got the Yankees and Astros playing Game Six tonight. So we don't know the outcome other than the fact that the Yankees are up 3-2. I don't like that they're going on the road. And Joe Girardi is a little bit concerned with the whole day off. Will it cool them down? I mean, Judge and Sanchez, absolutely. Now, they're picking it up. What we would have expected from Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, Sanchez and Judge are doing in the ALCS. I mean, Judge has been fantastic. And I'm leaving out Sanchez there for a second, but Judge has absolutely kind of hush the haters, and he's coming out in the postseason. I think this Yankees team is beyond dangerous. And again, everyone just kind of doubts them, and I did because I picked the Astros to win this series, and it looks like both my picks are going to go down as I already lost the Cubs. But the Yankees are a scary offensive team, and it'll be interest- it would be interesting to see the matchup if they were to advance and face the Dodgers. But I still, I still am holding it out that I think the Astros, one, are going to take this game and then, obviously, this two-three-two format, which I clearly forgot about earlier in the week, is going to play to the Astros' advantage, and I think the Astros can win at home. Yeah, well, I'm going to agree with you on one part. I do think this will go to Game Seven. I really like the pitching matchup, um, and I'm going to get home just in time to see it. It's going to be it's Luis Severino versus Justin Verlander, two of the premier pitchers in the league, in my mind. Um, but I do think the Astros take Game Six. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either way because, I mean, the Yankees, two series in a row, they go down 2 nothing, and they find themselves on top of the series. And in the ALCS, they got one more game to go. Um, 
you know, whether they won or not last night, I mean, obviously we don't know yet, but this Yankees team, I mean, they remind me so much of the Cubs. It, it's kind of it's kind of absurd. Yeah, you know, but a, a year earlier. Really to be good and has basically done everything and more that was expected of them. I completely agree. And, I mean, they're a young team also that's only going to have the opportunity to build. I mean, this could be a fun dueling of dynasties if it is if the Cubs are capable of putting pieces together and finding their way back to the World Series which I don't doubt but you got you got a tough NL and I think the Dodgers and the Nationals are going to work their butts off to figure out the next step I mean Dusty Baker was just let go he will not be back for the 2018 season you got the Dodgers whose pitching rotation is going to be good for years to come we don't have a Kershaw on the Cubs and they're really going to need one don't forget about the Rockies and the Diamondbacks too I mean the Rockies had a great year with some really young guys on their pitching staff. I mean, I think, you know, those two teams that you talked about, along with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, and then the Cubs, the NL is is very competitive. And we talk about the Yankees. I just think baseball is a little more fun when the Yankees are good. Yeah, it gives you somebody to hate a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, they're, you know, it's just awesome to watch a team like that. You know, even though they are the Yankees, a team that's young and fun and has a, a great starting staff. Absolutely. I mean, it would be great to see, like I said, about the future, but that's all the time we have in the present right now for this segment. This is the Sporting Edge with Whitson Roz. Follow us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also are going to bring you Audible Trials next segment, so get on that as well. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. We'll see you after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And let me do it today, Xander. I'm going to talk about audible trials. So I'm, I'm big on reading books, and it's very important for your brain health and everything. But there's a lot of portions through the day, whether you're falling asleep or you're in the car where you don't have the ability to look and read a book. So audible trials here to help you out. It's audibletrial.com slash the sporting edge is going to help you get great books. I mean, I've written a couple of New York bestsellers. So just look up Roz on audible trials and you get nice book. If you don't want to do that, follow the Harry Potter series. I know they're a little outdated. Or my personal favorite is a Terrell Owens autobiography. You get to go into the life of Terrell Owens. So check that out at Audible Trials. We're back, Xander, and we're talking the World Series. So baseball's in a great place. It's young. It's rising. We talked about the dynasties that could clash with the Yankees and the Cubs, but that's not going to be the outcome. We do have the potential to see, though, a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, which was classic. I mean, my dad's been talking about it all week. He thinks it's just memorable. I mean, these were two teams back in the day that would go head-to-head and were it would just bring baseball to the forefront. So I'd be interested to see that series. I mean, I don't know if you're still on the Yankees going to make it to the World Series. Obviously, we're behind at this point, so we don't actually know if they're going to win Game 6. But I could see Yankees-Dodgers, and I could see it being a sweep. Really, a sweep by the Dodgers or the Yankees? By the Dodgers, I think they're more they're way overpower or they overpower the Yankees pitching wise, and I think their hitting is enough to keep up. Just look at what happened with the Cubs in the last series. Yeah, dude, I don't know about. I, I know the Dodgers finally made it to the next step, um, first World Series. I think you said like nineteen eighty eight, but I, I I don't see a sweep at all. You know, no matter who wins. Yankees or Astros. I mean, I know the Yankees cannot be out today. It can, be, it can at worst be at Game 7, but this Dodgers team, they played well last series, but I think it was more a product of the Cubs just being absolute trash. And I don't know if you can count on Kershaw, Hill, and Darvish to give you three solid games. You know, not, not saying that 
anybody in the Yankees is going to do that either. But, I mean, I, I love what Masahiro Tanaka has done this postseason. I mean, he has really stepped up to the table. And, you know, as the Dodgers, you know, they proved, they proved me wrong finally about getting to the big dance. But now that we're here, I mean, this is a, this is a whole other thing, the World Series. So I, I'm going to give my favorite in the World Series, assuming I don't know the end of the, of the um, ALCS, it's going to go to the AL. I think either the Astros or the Yankees. I would like a little bit more than the Dodgers, in my opinion. I, that's interesting. I was going to ask you what you would take. I mean, I guess if you're pulling both the Yankees and Astros, that's there's your picks right there, everybody. But I think the Dodgers definitely have it out over the Yankees. It's we just mentioned it. It's like they seem like the Cubs, and they are advancing faster than the Cubs did that first year when they lost to the Mets. I don't. I don't think they have. They're too young. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out in the World Series. And I know the Yankees are a team that have been there a lot, but the players that are on this team have not. So the Astros makes it a little t- tougher for me. I think the Astros pose a great challenge to the Dodgers as their pitching rotation actually matches up very well, and their hitting is unstoppable. Obviously, the Yankees have done a decent job the last three games to put it on hold, but this Astros team can catch fire at any time. Altuve has just blown my mind. It's almost like he knows where every pitch is going to be. I think I'd have to give it to the Astros in that aspect, but if it is the Yankees who pull it out tonight and they're moving on, I, I could see a clean sweep. I mean, the Dodgers have only lost once so far this postseason, and that was uh, I always find those to be pity games. I always feel like you could sweep, but you don't go as hard because you know that it's almost impossible to feat the Cubs we're going to have to make to beat you. So that's our World Series picks. We are going to get into football like we do all the time. We do have our college football game picks as well as our NFL picks, but I always think it's fun to upset Xander a little bit, so I thought I would get into upsetting Xander a little more while we're on the show and bring up a, a topic that isn't so pressing, but it is starting, and it's bringing it back. The NBA has returned. It is opening week for the NBA, and a lot, a lot is going on. A lot of nothing you know, super important. I'm changing my tune on the NBA because I'm in a fantasy basketball league now. Definitely makes it more exciting for me, so I'm, I'm not anti-NBA anymore. Well, that's fine, because I'm still anti-NBA, and I think I can just mock it just with what's been going on. So Lonzo Ball, I mean, we hopped on the LeVar Ball train a while ago, Xander, and I think I've been watching their Facebook show. I don't know if you have. You're not really in tune with uh, social media like that anymore, but they have, a, they have their own network show on Facebook, and it kind of follows yeah. their lives, and LeVar's a great guy. Let me just tell you, he's loud, he's abrasive at times, but that's more of an act. That's more just promoting a brand, but when you get down to the core of who he is. He's a great gentleman, and he's taking care of a wife who had a stroke. He's got three boys he takes care of, and not to mention all the kids around Chino Hills that he watches out for. But back to Lonzo Ball, since that is the person who is in the NBA. It's not LeVar, and I need people to really kind of understand that moving forward with Lonzo. I think Lonzo is going to be a terrific player, but he is going to get rocked this rookie season. Everybody wants to get at LeVar, and the best way to do that is go after Lonzo. And Patrick Beverly did it for 92 feet the entire game two nights ago, and he shut down Lonzo. Lonzo only had three points, one three-pointer, and he looked he looked a little rattled, but he said he'll be all right. So Lonzo's a little interesting. I don't know where you your thoughts are on Lonzo, but I think he's going to find his way, but he's going to get beaten up early on. Um, you know what? I, I knew somebody was going to bring up the first game. I didn't know that it would be you, but honestly, I, I, don't, I don't care at all about the first game. They had a rough game. Um, but being defended by one one of the better defenders at the point guard position in the league, in Patrick Beverly. I mean, the guy is not guy's not Isaiah Thomas. Um, but I mean, this is how exactly how everybody felt after Lonzo's first 
preseason game in the summer league. It was like the world was coming to an end because he didn't have a good game and ended up winning the MVP. And I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to win rookie of the year, but, I mean, it's one game. And But the fact that he does have such a big spotlight on him kind of makes every little thing that much more important. But to me, I think he's a good player. I think he will be a very good player in this league. And, you know, it's, it's easy to judge after one game because that's all you have to go off of. But I honestly couldn't care less if he scored three points, if he scored 25 points. Well, I, he will be fine. I'm not saying he's going to be big. shut down. I don't think he's going to be terrible. That was not where I was going. I was saying that there's going to be a growing curve, and I think he's going to need to learn, and that players are just going to come full force at him. Yeah, and I, you know what? That, that's what happens, but I think he's going to be fine. It doesn't. Perfect. They're going to come at him, but he's not, you know, he's not like defenseless. No, I agree. And we're going to hop off of L.A. for a little bit because they're a couple years away from being back into that dynasty position. They're like the Yankees. They'll figure their way out, and I think Lonzo Ball is that piece that's going to be around them. I don't think LeBron's going to come, but I do feel, before I get angry and spiteful towards Kyrie Irving, I do I, I feel for the Celtics team right now. You just signed Gordon Hayward to a big deal, and then he goes down in the first six minutes of the game. And it's an ugly, ugly, it's one of those Kevin Ware injuries where you don't want to see the outcome. And you, if you watched, you did see it. His foot's almost completely 90 degrees the other direction. Gordon Hayward most likely out for the year. And it's, it's kind of rare to see big basketball injuries like that. I mean, we're coming off of a rough first six weeks of the NFL with injuries everywhere. J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, Odell, 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 can't even say his name, Odell Beckham. But the NBA, you don't really expect it, and Gordon Hayward's was absolutely brutal. I do like the outcome. I love that LeBron and the Cavs were able to stick it to the Celtics in Game 1, but it is pretty tough for a Celtics team probably to bounce back after seeing one of your star players go down like that. Yeah, I mean, you never want to see something like that. Um, but just looking at the overall picture, I mean, I thought the Celtics team, I, I don't think anybody's going to beat the Warriors personally, but... I thought Gordon Hayward and then adding Kyrie Irving, I thought I thought that might have been enough pieces to maybe take down LeBron. You know, maybe, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but this makes it a lot tougher now. And, you know, you feel bad for a guy, you know, just signed a big contract, new team, and, and then goes down like that. You know, so there's, there's really not much to say about it. It's, it's unfortunate, and I think... I think you kind of see that, you know, even on the opposing team, you're all you're you're all kind of members of the same fraternity, uh, being in the NBA, and nobody really wants to see that. No, and I thought it was great that LeBron James actually went back to the locker room at halftime to check in on him, and also saying kind words before he left the court. And this is not the LeBron James show. I mean, Isaiah Thomas did the same thing. Um, It'll be interesting moving forward, and I think that does give the East back to LeBron. I thought it would be a challenge. I think the Celtics and and the Cavs were going to be an awesome NBA or pre-NBA Finals showdown. I thought because of how the NBA Finals turned out last year that it's going to be another cakewalk for the Warriors. But I did appreciate the idea of a seven-game series between Kyrie and LeBron, Celtics versus Cavs. Now it's going to be – I think they're still going to compete. I don't think they're going to get swept. I don't think they're going to just get thrown under the rug. But I think it's still going to go to LeBron. And real quickly before we hit the break, Houston able to knock off – the Golden State Warriors in the first game. And this is why 82 games don't matter, because realistically, that game didn't matter. Curry had a bad game. They lost one game. They're not really going for the record anymore, but Houston, I had to feel good for you. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm, and we'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubble Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. Well, mostly I'm just back since I'm the only one in studio today. But Xander, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, kind of give us a little ride along interview. So that's the that's the cool little vibe we've got going right now. But we've got the NFL. Yeah. Xander's leaving a city that is deprived of the NFL after the St. Louis Rams left. But St. Louis Rams were the only saving grace last week in terms of the Wits and Raz game picks, as they are the only pick that was correct. Xander took them minus two and a half last week. They covered, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-17. So, Xander, congratulations on uh, having the only correct pick last week. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, the Rams, I mean, I think they continue to show that they're not a joke anymore. Um, you know, what Jared Goff been able to do this year in terms of, like, of progression, it's been it's been unbelievable. And then Todd Gurley, you know, likes to stick it to you every week with another touchdown. Um, Sean McVay, I, I can't say enough about the job he's doing. I think this Rams team, you know, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this year, but I think this this team is here to stay, and they're they're fun to watch because they can move the ball and they can make things happen on defense. I mean, you know, that that's a team that has a chance to win games basically no matter what. The I completely agree, and I I wonder how bad is Jeff Fisher because all these players are really coming out and playing their best. I mean, Goff actually looks like a legitimate draft pick, a legitimate quarterback that's going to help this team moving forward. I mean, I think their stock's completely up, and then Todd Gurley's back to rookie form. So I think Jeff Fisher literally suffocated this team, and I think that's why they had such a poor year last year and almost hurt their ability to grow. But like you say, McVay came in, has really done the job well. And Xander, moving on to like another pick that me and you both picked last week and got wrong, the Packers minus three, that's that's almost like a steal lost right there because we're, we're going to win that bet. I would guarantee it. I know you can't – I know most people say you can't say that. There's no way Aaron Rodgers loses that game. The, the Vikings didn't do enough to show me that they could beat an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team, but obviously injuries happen. They don't really get accounted for in the spread, but – that, that was a tough loss, Sander, and I think that for the Packers moving forward, it's on Brent Hundley, and I, I always like to have faith. I think that he's an excellent young quarterback. His only time really, though, coming in the preseason where he didn't look bad, but I think this is going to be a tough division to get out of, especially with the way the Vikings are playing and with the news that Teddy Bridgewater might be back sooner than later, and with Matt Stafford, I always get a little concerned because the Lions win big games. They also, I know they lose their big games as well, but the Lions are never to be counted out. So I don't know where you see the NFC North Xander going, but uh, the Packers definitely in some trouble. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that Brett Hundley can make some things happen, but 
I mean, you lose the best quarterback in the league, and I don't even – I love Tom Brady, but I think Aaron Rodgers is the best. And I don't – this year I don't even think it was really that close either. Um, but it's going to be tough. The Packers, you know, you, you take away – you take a team and take away their best player, especially at the quarterback position. I, I don't see it happening for the Packers this year. And I'm not a big fan of the Vikings or the Lions, but I really thought the Packers could make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, you know, whenever you have the best quarterback in the league, there's always a chance, basically no matter who is playing. But I'm going to have to go with the Lions here. I mean, they're playing some pretty decent football. And Matt Stafford, you know, I'm not going to say he's gotten over to that elite hump, but he's, he's a pretty damn good quarterback. And I think this team um, has definitely had some weapons on offense. I know Golden Tate's a little banged up right now, but, I mean, the team has some weapons. They can play some good defense, and, and they've really performed well under Jim Caldwell, I think, during his tenure. So if I'm going to pick a team out of the NFC North, I'm going to take the Lions, but I don't really put any stock. I don't put any postseason stock in them, really. I don't think I don't think the NFC North is going to make any noise in the playoffs. I agree with you. And then last week, the last pick I got wrong, I took the Falcons. I was very overzealous. They were minus 13. Got up early. They were up 17-0 going into the half, so my bet was looking great. Matt Ryan forgot what a football was, and that team forgot how to play together. They ended up losing 20-17, to a pretty pretty abysmal loss. I think the Falcons yeah, was, and Patriots are in some trouble. I was going to say, the Falcons, pretty inexcusable. I mean, to be up, first of all, 17-0 on any team, being the defending you know Super Bowl runner-up, I don't really care who it is. You've got to put them away. I mean... The game reminded me in a little bit of like Super Bowl. I mean, you're up 28 to three after the three quarters, and you can't you can't pin the game down. And especially against the worst Dolphins offense. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, Jeff Fisher's got to be undercover on that sideline. I mean, Jake Cutler and that offense have looked so atrocious. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they're three and two. I mean, I had to give them credit for that. But the Falcons, Matt Ryan in particular, has had a slump. A slumpy year, that's what I'm going to call it. It's been slumpy. He has not looked sharp really the entire year. No, I agree. And they go on to play the Patriots, who've also, their defense looks slumpy. So coming from one of the best offenses last year and one of the best defenses last year, both the Patriots and Falcons clearly are struggling, and they play each other this week. I'm not going to touch that game with a 10-foot pull, but Xander, me and you have two games this week. Both of us are on the road. You've got the Jets against the Dolphins, and Jets are on the road. you got them plus three. Two terrible offenses, let me put it at that. So, can you give me, like, a little bit on why you're going the Jets here? Well, you know, if you remember, uh, it was pretty recently the Jets stomped on the Dolphins. Um, and I think this Jets team has kind of turned my, it's kind of changed my mind a little bit. I don't think they're as brutal as I, thought, as I once thought they were. And that's basically been because of Josh McCown. I think, you know, I was never a big fan of him. He had one huge year with the Bears, but... He's been playing some decent football this year. I mean, not every game, but I mean, last last game threw for almost 340 yards, and they've got some weapons on offense. That's what I love about the Jets team. You always question the quarterback, but you know, I, I'm a huge homer for Bilal Powell. I think he's underappreciated, underutilized. But you know, you can't you do anything Austin when they're not Barry giving him Jenkins. the ball. Right. Um, you got Austin Perry and Jenkins, who I think, you know, just didn't kind of had a, a rookie hangover in Tampa Bay, but I think he's a very talented player, and I also really like Robbie Anderson, um, Jermaine Curse. I think those are guys that kind of go unnamed, but I think they're they're very talented, and I, I just think the Jets are going to beat the Dolphins this week. There's not much to it for me, honestly. 
I just think they keep chugging along. That's fair, and I'm going to give one of my picks. It's the Panthers on the road. They are minus three against the Chicago Bears. They're coming off a loss against the Eagles on Thursday night football. Long week of rest. I think they're going to come out there. Cam has been looking exceptionally good this season, coming off the shoulder injury. I think it continues. I think they blow out the Bears. I think the Bears took on a bad Ravens team last week. It's not impressive when you beat the AFC North because I think they're disgustingly terrible, every team in that division. I think Cam comes out there, beats the Bears pretty good. Nothing against Trubinsky here. I just don't think he'll be able to keep up. I've got the Panthers Panthers minus three on the road. But speaking about the AFC North, you've got a matchup where you're going against the Steelers here, which I don't think is completely wrong, but you're picking a bad Bengals team at plus five on the road at Pittsburgh. See, this, this bad Bengals team has turned the tide since the start of the season. Since starting 0-3, they've won two games. They had a bye last week. This Cincinnati team will make the playoffs. I'm guaranteeing it now. I've seen some things the past few weeks that I really like. I think they just they just got off to a horrible start. That will happen. I think the Bengals take it. I think they take the Steelers to town this week. Um, ben Roethlisberger will have another bad game, but I think it's going to be more about the Cincinnati offense. Andy Dalton, I think, will end this year throwing for 25 touchdowns. You know, he had a horrible start. I thought they they were going to bench him. That's how bad it was. But he's going to have an unbelievable season still. The Bengals team will come out and stop the Steelers. All right, so we all know that I have a massive man crush on Bryce Harper. That's beyond apparent. It's been apparent if you listen to the show at all. Xander, I gotta ask, dude. What is? Do you got a? You have a man crush on our boy Andy Dalton? There's something with you and Andy Dalton year in and year out that you do not let go. Yeah, I must be into redheads, man. I don't know. It's just, uh, it just stinks. All right, that's fair. And my last pick of the week is coming. It's a perfect pick. I'm gonna give you the lock. You might as well put your money on it right now. It's the Seahawks minus four and a half. In, uh, in New York against the Giants who snuck away a win. Not really snuck. They beat the Denver Broncos surprisingly pretty good. But again, that's an offense in Denver that I don't ever trust. And you need some offense to keep you in the game no matter how good your defense is. The Giants aren't going to win two in a row. The Giants are atrocious. They have no wide receivers. Seattle has a good enough defense and they're definitely my fantasy defense and they've proved it with amount, the amount of points they put up for me. I think Seattle comes in there, just kicks their butt. Keeps making Eli look pathetic. Keeps making this whole Giants organization look pathetic. I love Seattle this week. I think they're going to come in there and absolutely destroy. It is four and a half. That's a, that number's always scary whenever you choose a team. Four and a half, you're not going to win on the field goal, obviously. And you definitely need the touchdown win. And even when you get that 24-20 score, that's an uncomfortable place to be. Four and a half is a tough right. number, but I like it a lot because I think they're going to blow them out. Um, but that's our game picks. We're really hoping to bounce back. I went... 2-0 in college football, which is our next segment. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This was the NFL Talk and NFL Picks with Wits and Roz. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. Follow us on our social media and continue to support us. See ya. What's up? What's up, everybody? We saved the best for last, and I only say this this time because... We had a perfect week back in college football. Our picks, me and Xander both hit. We went two for two. I am now back in the green at 12 and 11 on the season, whereas Xander is 13 and 10. So I'm only one game behind the so-called oracle of college football, at least the underdog oracle, because Xander's really not taking lines for any favorites. But 
it was good because last week it worked out for him. He took Purdue plus 17. They lost, though, 17-9. to That's good enough to cover the spread. Wisconsin, once again, you can, Xander, bash Wisconsin because they did not look good against a Purdue team. Their offense is just not there yet. Everyone is praising them. They're going to get a national TV game this week. Wisconsin's everyone's favorite, but I think you're the true hater that can bring everyone's spirits down. It's only a matter of time before Wisconsin shows us who they truly are, and it will happen. It will happen soon, and it will be a it will be a crushing defeat. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's fair. And then we, me, and you also took TCU. Fantastically easy win for us. We got them at minus six. They were able to cover. And that West Virginia pick, which is going to be a trend. Let me tell you here on out that I'm going to pick away from the top twenty-five. And kind of pick just conference games that I feel are a little close on the line and are going to be able to be covered. West Virginia came back last week and won, covering the four-point spread. Xander, me and you are 2-0 for the first time since my 6-0 start. I feel a little bit more comfortable with college football. But big week ahead of us. And I love the matchups this week. We do have some off-the-side picks, but we do cover the big games. Xander, I know you're taking Penn State minus 9.5. I was too afraid to pick this game, but tell the world why you're feeling comfortable with Penn State. You know what? I don't know if it's, it's feeling comfortable with Penn State. I'm kind of making this pick out of rage because I'm, I'm still so salty about Michigan and what they did a couple weeks ago, Michigan State. And I'm, I'm tired of them. You know, I've been, I've been on the Michigan bandwagon since Harbaugh took over, and after the first year, I was like, all right, we're going in the right direction. Um, that loss against Michigan State was unacceptable, and I'm very salty, and I would just love to see Penn State beat the shit out of them. That's, that's what I think, and I would love to see Saquon Barkley have 300 yards by touchdown. That is my concern. I think that Penn State can run it up on Michigan, but I've seen it against Iowa when I last picked Penn State. They play close games. Their offense isn't pass-driven. It really is through Barkley. And Michigan is a pretty good defense. So this is where it comes into play, the Big Ten defense versus defense. Not a lot of points to be scored. I would probably tell you to take the under in this game. I don't know the exact line. But I've got the other big game I'm picking is I'm taking USC plus three against Notre Dame. I know it's on the road, but this is Sam Darnold's game. This is Darnold's game. He's going to come out. He's going to beat Notre Dame in the most classic rivalry we have in college football. And I think this is a big showing in the right track for a potential playoff appearance for USC this year. They need to get this win. I think Notre Dame's ranked higher than they deserve. I don't think they're really that good of a team. I don't think they have the pieces there to move or advance further in this postseason race. I'm going USC. Love Sam Darnold. I think that this is where he needs to come out. Now you love him? I know. When you put money on a person, no matter what stance you had, you begin to love him. And Similar to the way Ricky Fowler worked, I gave Ricky a shot. Ricky helped me out here and there, and now I love the guy. There will never be a point I don't like him. And Sam Darnold, this is your proving point week. Obviously, if he loses it for me this week, he's done. I mean, he might as well not be drafted in the first seven rounds of the NFL draft, and there are only seven rounds. So I'm going to go USC, though, plus three. I like the fact that they're on their dogs here, and I think that's going to be a classic game that comes down to a game-winning touchdown. Sam Darnold throwing at 58 yards, so that's how specific I'm going to get. 58-yard bomb for a touchdown. And that's the end of like the big games. I don't know what you do. You have a stance really on this Notre Dame USC game, other than the fact that it's just classic. Uh, it's classic, but I think both teams are more or less garbage. So I'm saying anyway. That's fair. My next pick, though, I've got 
off the beaten path. I'm taking Georgia Tech against Wake Forest. Georgia Tech is at home. They're minus five. Kind of like a West Virginia pick. I like the home team in this situation. Georgia Tech having a pretty decent season. I feel comfortable that they're going to need this ACC win anyways because everybody's competing for the conference title at least. I know they're probably not competing for a national championship this year, but everyone wants to win their conference games. I'm liking Georgia Tech for sure. You've got some obscure games. Here comes your big lines in the underdog fashion. You've got Arkansas at home against Auburn plus 15.5, and, a half. and you, you really just don't like this Auburn team. Yeah, and you know what? It's not that I don't like Auburn this week. I just think SEC opponent, Arkansas, I think they've underachieved the past couple of years. I just think this spread's a little bit too big, and at home, I think I think the Hogs are going to come up to play. I really don't like Brett Salema coach of the Hogs. Um, I think he's been a disappointment so far, but I think 15 and a half, I think Arkansas plays well enough to cover this spread, and I don't I don't usually like to play with the um, with over 10 points. So that, and I like picking close games, or what they think are going to be close games, but I think, I think Arkansas gives Auburn a little run for their money at home this week here. Yeah, you love picking these SEC spreads, and you also love taking a beating by these SEC spreads. Tennessee getting blown out by thirty, Georgia blowing other teams out, Auburn blowing some up. Like you just you get you keep getting blown out. Maybe after enough kicks to the face, you'll begin to realize, Andrew, that the SEC isn't playing close this year. But you know what? I'm going to give you that game. My last game is a very troubled team that I think doesn't need the win, but I think they're going to come out there and prove they can win. It's Louisville, and they're playing. Honestly, another trouble team where FSU losing to Miami. That, that was our pick uh, two weeks ago. They couldn't pull that game out. They've just had a rough year ever since Francois went down. I like Louisville, the fact that they're plus seven down a whole touchdown. I'm going to ride that pick, to be honest. I think Lamar Jackson's still Lamar Jackson. And in big game situations, I know it didn't work in Clemson, but he's going to need to pull it out somewhere. I think he pulls it out against his team. And Florida State's reeling. They're hurting. They're not really that good. I don't understand why the spread is this big, but I'm going to tell you it's a lock, so take it. Lamar Jackson's going to cover the plus seven spread. Xander, you get a little more wild, too. You're taking your team, Kansas State, against your former favorite team, Oklahoma. And this is a plus 14, Kansas State at home, of course. Oklahoma had a bad loss last or to Iowa State. I don't know if you're really willing to concede that their season's completely over, but it sounds like you're comfortable taking Kansas State plus 14. Yeah, I think Kansas State had a disappointing effort at home last week. They're usually a team I look for at home that gives teams like Oklahoma a tough draw. Um, so I think that's why they do it this week. I think the 14 points, a lot of points against an Oklahoma team who's definitely better than they are. But Oklahoma, I think, kind of showed who they really were with that loss to Iowa State. And you know, something about Kansas State and Bill Snyder just kind of gets me all warm inside. I just think they're a team that's going to fight. They're going to fight for me this week. They don't have to win the game. They just have to lose by less than 14. I think they're going to do it. Um, and I just, I, mean, I think I'm going to see a solid effort from this Kansas State team. I don't really have much. I don't really have any stats, any players for you. Just, I just, I like this Kansas State team, and I think they're going to give a better effort at home this week than they did last week. Absolutely. So Oklahoma did move back into the top 10 after this last week. They're now ninth in the country. Ohio State also on the rise, and I know that's another team me and you are not a huge fan of. They're at six, and that is at the at tail end of what are the undefeated teams left. We got Alabama, Penn State, Georgia, TCU, Wisconsin in that order, and Miami at number eight, who are 5-0. and oh. It's going to be an interesting stretch down the end. Clemson losing was heartbreaking. Yeah, I was going to say, the team we talked up the most last week ends up 
just burning our ass on Friday night, which is just un- it's despicable that we had to record, talk them up, and then have the show air, and they lost to uh, Syracuse. Brutal. They did lose their quarterback in the first half, so that's understandable. It's tough to come back from that. Trust me, I'm going to have to figure that out with Aaron Rodgers and company. But it's Alabama's game. 61 first-place votes it takes to be number one in the AP polls. You don't have to have all of them. You just have the majority. Well, Alabama has all 61 votes for number one spot in the AP polls. I think this is a runaway Alabama season again. I don't know about you. We're coming up on the end of the show. But do you have any thought that there's a team that could beat Alabama? Um, right now, it's hard to it's hard to say that any team could. I think I, I want to see a couple more games play out, but Alabama clear cut for me as this moment. Absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna hop on the Crimson Tide train as we always hop around when it comes to NCAA football. But that's all the time we have this week, everybody. Wits is coming back, so we can hang out, and we are gonna be back next week to talk more football, of course, and hopefully we'll have our World Series pick finalized by that point. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm, and follow us on AMFM247 as well as Facebook, LinkedIn, and everything else. Have a good week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.